everybody, welcome to a special episode of Geek's Old Brother and the Nerdy Venoms. I'm Geek's Old Brother, of course, and in this episode, The Private and Shao Scout, two of our lovely nerdy Venoms, talk to Ron Wimberly, a comic creator and a talented artist and also a friend of ours. He, uh, he got on the show and he talked about some of his projects. Uh, he talked about his original uh, graphic novel, Prince of Cats. He also talked about Sunset Park, a uh, story about the fictional gentrification of Brooklyn, but with vampires. Of course, Shadow Scout had to make a joke about vampires in Brooklyn. Uh, you gotta see how that ran over. Also, he mentioned his uh, newest project, uh, Slave Punk, that he's about to go into. Um, that'll probably be coming out about 2016. Uh, he didn't want to give too many details about that. He's still working on it, but uh, people are excited about that. And uh, yeah, Ron talked about his career. He talked about uh, uh, how he how it is being an independent artist and so forth, and also working for companies. And um, talked about all kinds of things, even a little bit about Tinder. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you do, rate and subscribe to the show. And also, we'd love to hear some comments from you. That'd be great. Also, you can find me on GeekSoulBrother.com, where there's that donate button if you want to help out the show. That's that no hate button. Uh, it really helps out the show, really helps us out with our equipment and stuff. So if you want to drop a little bit of change in there, really appreciate it. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. If you have any questions or comments, email me at GeekSoulBrother.com at gmail.com and don't forget to follow the nerdy venoms that's five nerdy venoms f-i-v-e nerdy venoms on facebook and twitter and uh they'll definitely supply with all the news and so forth during the day and uh you can find a regular show uh tuesdays 10 p.m on talkshoe.com and every now and then at least once a month you'll find the commie game ani episode where uh the nerdy bems get together and talk about comics games and anime and a whole bunch of other stuff so definitely look for that look for that actually after this episode and uh yeah i hope you guys enjoy the show you guys take care talk to you later peace uh, do i take that as a he's ready or not <laughs> okay <laughs> that's what that is I'm so confused it's it's a confusing time it always is <laughs> <clears throat> now if you add pot to it it'd be days and confused at that point <laughs> <laughs> so they say Yes, by the way, yes, you need to read up on Black Panther eventually. Eventually, yeah, but I will say this, though. I, I want to read it now that I know, you know, Coates is involved. So, I'm in when it comes out. <laughs> okay, he's in. All right, let me see. He's ready. That <clears throat> <laughs> Yo. Yo. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Woo. All right. Okay, so Lakita is on here. Yeah. Um, 
Have I met Lakita? Right. No, no, yeah. she's part of the crew. She, she, she's, she is the green one of the crew. You know, That's right. I'm a new recruit, yeah, so we, anything, we, anything okay. to happen. So yeah, so basically, we we pick up strays along the way when we do shows, and she's just one of the strays. So and who's yeah. who's. One seven two four. Uh, oh, blah, that's blah. that's talk shoe. That's going into the 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 podcast software. So okay, all right, so all right. so people. Uh, so if people want to stop in and you know ask questions. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. So. Let's How see. you doing today? All right, and you. Uh, not bad. I can't complain. <laughs> you know, life is good. Good. Well, you. I mean, you have a you've had a busy few years, and we'll go into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! All right, so let's get this started. Uh, uh, hey guys, this is the private along with Shadow Scout for Geek Soul Brother and the Five Nerdy Venoms, and with us today is Ron Wimberly, illustrator. Uh, and uh, well, wait a minute, what would you consider yourself now at this point? I mean, I'm I'm just a, a cartoonist, you know. That's <laughs> all. I do a designer. I do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but I guess you could say I'm a designer. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, we were talking about the 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 MacArthur Genius Grant. Earlier, uh, well, and, I, and, and uh, you know, I think you're along the way towards that at this point. Uh, hey, yo, what would I make? That? <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I have an idea of what I would make. <laughs> oh man, excellent. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So now, <laughs> now before we get into the meet and interview, I have something to say to you first. Hmm. First, as a podcaster and a geek, I want to say congratulations on your success. Oh well. Thank you. Uh, as someone who has known you for almost 20 years, I am truly happy to see you doing well and feel that you're deserving of all the praise you've received so far. Oh, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's been a roller coaster for you the last few years, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, I guess so. Like, I'm just, you know, I try to just focus on keeping my head down and doing the work, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't pay attention to all the noise around you, <laughs> all the buzz yeah, and stuff. What noise? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm just, you know, um, I mean, for me in it, it's more just like, okay, you have your own personal life issues, you know, mm-hmm. you have the things that uh, shake your life most. So, like, I mean, I don't know what the spectacle looks like from the outside, mm-hmm. you know, God. It's funny to me to even think that there would even be a spectacle. It's just I'm trying to stay alive and, you know, stay uh, stay in the black and continue to, to make a lot of work. You know, mm. like that's all I want to do. Right. So I haven't I haven't noticed a roller coaster. I mean, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of like, you know, you know, you, you know, starting with Prince of Cats and stuff like that, you've you've become known on the internet and people are starting to take notice of your work and what you've done and stuff like that so i mean you know you must be getting some sort of like people going out to you in comic cons like oh my god i know your work and stuff like that yeah sometimes you know yeah no that's cool man like it, it it depends it's weird because like once you make work you put it out there it's like it has a life of its own mm-hmm. so uh, that could be a positive thing that could be like a weird like, I could be strange, too, because, you know, people connect with your work in ways that you can't always really predict, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's out there, you know. I'm glad it means a lot to some people. Mm. Now, now, with Prince of Cats was your first major break in the comics game. I mean, you've done stuff before that. Uh, how did that all happen? Um, well, you know, I was doing work bit by bit for um, Vertigo. 
uh, I had done a book called Sentences. Mm. The assistant editor on Sentences was this cat, um, Casey Sejas. And, um, you know, we would, you know, I would come in and like, you know, whenever I got a fill in at Vertigo or had something to do, like I would go, I would hang out with him and this cat porn sack. Like they, they had this one office in, uh, at Vertigo when mm. it was on 1700 Broadway with mm. DC comics. And like, I would go in there and I would hang out and like, we talk about film and music. Porn sack and I would talk about like film. Casey and I would talk about me. Well, we would talk about all of it, but right. you know, uh, it came up that like, you know, I'm a big Doom fan, right? Mm. And like, I love Monster Island Zars. And so we would be talking about like that record and talking about hip hop in general. And then one day he just brought up that um, they were going to do a Grim book. I did the Grim book. Mm. And like Casey Sejas was the editor on that Grim book. And I don't know, like that had an okay reception, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and afterwards I was like, well, I want to do my own graphic novel. So like, I pitched something to Casey, like, you know, he really put, he really put it in for me, like, you know, uh, but people weren't interested and I just continued to, um, create work. Like I made a little ash can and then after the ash can, I, I continued to work on it. And then one day Casey hit me up and asked me like, if I still wanted to do that project. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. Um, and no, so we did it. Cool. So, was it, was that like around the same time you were working on black dynamite or? Oh no 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 no! That was like years before Black Dynamite. Okay. But by the time it by the time I finished, I was already uh, working on Black Dynamite at the same time. So like, I worked on it. I never really worked on it exclusively. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I was always doing other work, like right. design work, and like you know little things to pay the bills or help pay the bills in between little adventures and stuff. So like, yeah, it finally dropped around the same time as like when I was finishing Black Dynamite. Hmm. So Prince of Cats and Black Dynamite, I feel like, must have come out around the same time. What, like 2012? Yeah, yeah, no, it came out. It's like almost the same time because I I remember Julian like posting stuff like, yeah, look at my boy's stuff from uh, Black Dynamite. I'm like, oh, word. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> and then like a couple months later, you start seeing stuff on like Otaku and IO9 about uh, Prince of Cats, and I'm like, in, from Ron Wimberley, I'm like, oh, damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It, it takes a while to make things, man. Like so sometimes they, they, you know, like we just announced these image books, and it's like, yo, cats are like, yes, when is that coming out? When is that coming out? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I kind of felt some type of way about any even saying anything, but like, yeah, like, um, it's gonna be a minute, man. Like, it takes me a while to make things. You know, like I got to draw every page, yeah. and often I color every page too, and I wrote every page. Yeah, I know exactly. So you have to do all the research and and then yeah. do all that, and yeah. So yeah, it t definitely takes a while. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I hopefully it's worth it for the fans. My bad, I got the phone on here. Yeah, it's fine. But trust me, you know we've had worse distractions happen on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So, did you do any more projects at, with DC after that, or did you just make the jump to Marvel at that point? Uh, it wasn't really a jump. It's like you know, this maybe will be good for like young professionals to listen to. Yeah, sense that like it wasn't really like a jump or nothing like that. It's well, like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, because quite frankly, I, when I was when I was thinking about what can get keep people inspired, I'm like, Ron. <laughs> so wow, man. Well, cool. Like. So when I, when I uh, finished what I was doing with Prince of Cats, 
like it was exhausting man like and i i felt like i don't know i was i was ornery man i get angry you know what i mean like so i was <laughs> and i i was doing other design work i don't even know like what else i was getting into but the marvel thing came like they came to me man like i i don't know like i had never really I had never really wanted to do any work for DC Comics, and I, when I first started, I wanted to do something for Marvel because it was a job, you know, like, I thought I could do something, and I was familiar with the characters, like, you know, I had played Marvel superheroes, you know, I had Spider-Man pajamas growing up, I had an Incredible Hulk little t-shirt, you know what I mean, with the three-quarter sleeves, you know what I mean, like, um, so I was familiar with the brand, and I was like, yeah, you know, I watched the Hulk TV show, like, I could probably do some cool Marvel stuff. But, like, then, you know, uh, nothing happened with that, like, Vertigo bit. Met some cool people in Vertigo, um, and that was the main incentive for continuing to work with them. Is like, there was cool people in there, like Karen Berger and mm. Vankin, you know, and, yeah. like, the homies I mentioned before. So, um, when Marvel hollered at me, uh, I forgot how I got my... The first job was maybe... I think it was at first Axel called me in and asked me to do some like images of like what I would do with Marvel characters. And like, I, I think that's when I did like those blade illustrations and the right. cloak and dagger illustrations. And then like they tossed me a couple covers, you know, Oh, before that I was doing stuff for criterion. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause I was going to bring that up earlier later on, but uh, yeah, you did that. You did all like a whole slew of illustrations for them packaging art. Yeah, yeah, I did, like, just two jobs, but, like, there was a lot of work for Zatsuichi, and then, like, I did the Friends You joint. Mm. But, like, yeah, man, that's around the time when, yo, and I was doing a Nike job, too. So I was doing Criterion, I was doing some, like, this Nike job, and I did, like, I don't know, a lot of little small things here and there, like, I penciled a Black Dynamite issue, you know, I was just paying bills, you know? And then Marvel came in, offered me to pay more bills, so, like, I did... Um, and then something happened that made me kind of vexed and I decided I wouldn't work for Marvel anymore. <laughs> well, is that, is that the lighten up? Cause we were, I was just about to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean, something happened. Like something got me vexed, man. Like, Oh yeah. So that's after that, like, um, you know, I had always been doing, uh, comics for, you know, I got a buddy, uh, Matt Bores. Mm-hmm. He does, like, editorial comics. And, like, I had always flirted with editorial comics prior. Like, you know, I had done some stuff. Like, I got a homegirl, Sarah Jaff. Like, she invited me out to do, like, some talks about it and stuff. And Aaron Polgreen. And so I was kind of into that. I was digging that scene. But, like, it was never really something that I think, even though I have a gift for it, mm-hmm. it was nothing that I had really pursued, you know? And so then... You know, I did one for uh, Medium's The Nib, or The Nib. Mm. It's hosted by Medium at that point. And, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I did another one. And because my, my homie Matt, like, I had talked to him about something that happened at Marvel. And he thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, like, yeah, you should go ahead and make that comic. And it's like, when I got some time, I did it. And that comic was lighting up. And, like, mm. lighting up was probably, like, I feel maybe the most viewed comic i've ever drawn you yeah. know 
Yeah, no, because yeah, it, it you know very well done by the way, and it also of course sheds some light on the on the more arrogant and ignorant mindsets, and not just comics, but in a lot of different medias. And Man, I'm glad you say it like that because it'll give me a chance to clear something up. Like, because at the time that's like not even what it was intended to do. Like, it was more intended to be like the beginning of a conversation or like to get people to think critically about uh, things that they may do, that they may seem, they may think, you know, are innocuous, like things that they do, mm. you know, but in actuality may be like uh, contributing to, or like, you know, uh, an evidence of like oppression of, of another person. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't mean for it to be like, gotcha, yo, you did this, this shit was mad ignorant. It's like, it wasn't yeah, yeah, really, no. it was more like, you know, check it out. Like, yeah, this happened to me. This happened to me, right? <laughs> like, I didn't even put anybody on blast like that. And if anything, maybe, okay, so maybe Marvel felt like they got put on blast, right? Mm. But, like, that was a corporation, not an individual. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how can mm -hmm. a corporation catch feelings? You know right. what I mean? It's not a human being. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so something happened. Like, how many, how many fucked up things has Marvel done, like, in the course of, like, you know, yeah. since its inception, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, let it let it go. So I thought like, and then at one point, NPR reached out to me and was like, yo, can, can you put us in touch with the editor? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I reached out to the editor and like, I didn't hear nothing back. And then I seen <laughs> Axel like in an article and like say some shit like where he basically just brushed it off. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yo, check out these black characters we got, you know? With... <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right, man, well, cool. Like, and if you ain't going to, like, really even talk to me or, like, you don't got nothing to say to me now, like, on some I, anathema, like, I'm outside of the Church of Marvel now. Yeah. I'm like, fuck y'all. Wow. Yeah. yeah, well, no, so, people, well, people were shocked by that narrative, but it actually is quite prevalent in, in not just comics, but, like, animation, video games, even live action productions. I mean, you're not the only one who has made these comics, but you put it in such a, in a format, in a medium, that is interesting and hits hits it really at home into the court. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, thanks. I mean, it's, you know, I just wanted to give a, I just wanted to lay it all out as explicitly as possible so that I couldn't be like misunderstood. You know, right? No, absolutely, no. Or you know, like whatever people gonna misunderstand you regardless, but you know. Oh, people misunderstand a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rowan, one thing that I wanted to touch on from that, because I read that NPR interview, um, you had this quote in there that just really stayed with me. Um, I read it. I'll read a little bit of it. Um, you said, I wondered if a black editor would have asked me to change her skin tone. I'll keep wondering. After 12 years working in comics, I've yet to have a black editor. Mm. And... I started thinking about that in terms of conversations around not only creators of color, but also what's going on behind the scenes of comics. And I just love for you to pick up on that and share some of your thoughts. I mean, are, are you still wondering, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, because like now, you know, well, I hired my buddy, uh, David Brothers to um, help edit a project I'm working on right now. Like if, if you know, like, because to me, <laughs> That's what I felt like, okay, well, I'm not going to have it. Like, the only the only way, it seems like the only way we're going to get hired in terms of, like, you know, being in a situation where you can get hired is if, like, yeah. somebody empathetic hires us, right? Mm. And, like, yo, um, 
I wanted, you know, I wanted to work with someone who knew the material and knew what my experience or knew knew a facet of my experience. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think like I'm glad you asked that question, too, because the reason why I brought up what I did about editors is because I think like editors are a really important part of the process of like particularly like corporate um comics and like sort of big brands because like an editor is kind of like the brand manager right like they're they're not just like they're just not uh editing copy or like you know they're not just like uh spell checking and and whatnot but they're kind of like they're guiding the the overall like if a writer comes up with an idea and like they just want to go wild like the editor is asking questions like the editor is there to kind of like manage the brand that is like Disney or Time Warner, whatever their multiple, you know, little sub brands are. Mm-hmm. So I just felt that if you're not hiring people, like if you're not going to hire a black writer, right? Even if you are going to hire a black writer or a white writer, and like that black writer is doing something that's like, you know, that's just like, yo, they're just trying to get over. Like their identity is a commodity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell you some whatever wild bullshit. Like, if you got a... Wait, 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 wait. No, nah, okay, like, you're not going to pull this shit on me, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this, this this work is problematic. Or, like, if you have an editor, you know, it could be a white editor, right? But the problem, the, the fact of the matter is, is, like, there's such a lack of representation in, like, the communities, let alone the um, the businesses. Like, these people don't really know how... They don't know the nuance. They don't. I don't think they even begun to, like humanize on an in-depth level like people who are different from they are like if you walk into a room and it's all white men like you know like come on dude like you're gonna have a problem humanizing and Mm -hmm. i I know that sounds like really severe but it's just the truth man like you're gonna look at people kind of as like a a token or like you know a commodity it's like you just you haven't had enough experience dealing with people as they are yet to look at them outside of that uh that narrow perspective and i'm not you know what maybe it's different someplace but like this has just been my experience you know and like this is maybe me trying to understand why the things that i see in terms of like mass media are the way they are like maybe maybe what i'm saying is not true but that is that is how i understand the quality and the nature of the things that i see put in front of me well no well no because i mean you know you you hit you hit a chord that we had eric dean seaton uh on the show a couple months ago and he is, you know, struck the same chord as you are right now. It's that, you know, you know, there, there is this kind of disconnect when it comes to, uh, you know, not just black, but other people of color, you know, in the business, you know, trying to make something that's more, you know, on the creative end, you know, writers, producers, directors, stuff like that. So, no, it, it is, it's not, trust me, you're not the only one who feels that way. I mean, it's a it's a story that has been heard over and over again, and it's you know it's disappointing. If anything, uh, at this yeah. point, well, disappointing. I think it's a it, it is is an understatement actually, at that point. Uh, but you also struck another well, uh, question. Uh, what do you think about the Tennessee Coates? Uh, you know, Marvel bringing him in for a Black Panther. Oh man, I forgot. Like I forgot the name of the chef, but like there's this chef who's in a Scandinavian dude. I guess he's maybe Norwegian. And he does, like, all this crazy cooking. Like, he he 
getting like moss and sticks and twigs and bugs and stuff. <laughs> you make like, you know, super avant-garde yeah. uh, food, right? But like, you know, I kind of like thought about, it's kind of like getting that dude to to do a Big Mac. You know what I mean? Like, oh. at McDonald's. That's how I feel about it, man. Like, okay. What what is he gonna write about the Black Panther to like make it <laughs> interesting? You know what I mean? Like, I really don't care. You know, I think Black Panther is a flawed idea to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. my whole thing is like, yo, how do you have how do you have a 20th century and a 21st century or a kingdom, an African kingdom that existed through like all the colonization, all of like the subversion of Black um, or African uh, democracies? you know, by Western powers. Like, how do you have that? Like, yo, if you're going to tell that story, you need to address all of that shit. Like, where was Wakanda when, like, you know, the sovereign president of the Congo was shot in the head? You know what I mean? Like, where, where were they? You know what I mean? Like, so, like, that would be an interesting story. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... I, I don't know. I, I really don't... Outside of that, I really don't care. Like, I'm more interested in hearing, like, um, Coates, like, uh, answer in regards to like some of the criticism of the book that came out like i'm more interested in that type of stuff you know like i'm more interested in seeing like him as an intellectual continue to like you know um have a conversation with other uh black intellectuals about the things that are important like marvel comics is like you know come on man like it's like yeah it's like the starbucks of comics like what you know like why why should i understand there's a lot of fans of it you know what i mean but like Really, at a certain point, I saw an article today where I think it was on MTV and they they tried to interview people and like the people couldn't name like five black superheroes. Right. And like they're like, oh, there's a problem with diversity in comics. But at the same time, they didn't didn't cover they didn't cover black creators in comics. You know, like they didn't cover any people outside of Marvel and DC who are making comics. Like so basically you're, you're a part of the problem. Like, if you want to talk about, like, yo, people don't know, you know, what black characters, they can't name black characters, like, yo, so why don't you do a segment on black, Latino, Asian, queer, you know, yeah. you know, uh, differently able folk who are making comics, like, and then you can complain about it. Don't complain about it when you're part of the problem, though, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of how I feel about it. Well, it, 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 it all ties so, into the whole, it all ties into the same sensationalistic kind of journalism that's been going on for 20, 25, 30 years almost. I and mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's just getting com- progressively worse. And even then, I just read an article today to say, you know, our culture is getting so dumbed down, it can't go any further than it is now. So, yeah, that's kind of like, <laughs> that's what's kind of like upsetting to me is like, um, but I think it's, I think there is like a, I think there's hope, man. Like, I think there's a lot of people making great artwork. Mm. Uh, and it's like, damn, I feel like earlier today, I already I put a tweet out on Blast maybe today or yesterday, just like of all the different people that I met at SPX. By the way, SPX, yo, if they had asked that question at SPX, it would have been a little bit different. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think people would have been able to answer that question, you know, but like, no, you're at New York Comic Con. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're going into... It's like going into McDonald's and you're like, name like five raw food uh, options for dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're not gonna have shit. Say no, no, no. Exactly. I mean, like going to McDonald's, like you know, and on Broadway and being like, yeah, name five healthy foods that you like to eat on a regular basis. And it's like, what, you know, like. 
salad you know like they're not gonna have the answer like why you go to new york comic-con and ask that question mm. and not and then not uh provide a, a rebuttal you know what i mean to it i don't know anyway true i'm, um, I'm looking, not complaining ask me something that i could be really happy and excited <laughs> about. i don't want to come on you know uh, I mean? is it that kind of show i don't know uh trust what? me it's kind of far more it's kind of far more negative when we have we have a we, we have a we have someone his name's bison he comes on from twitter Man, we we've had discussion. He comes on, it just you know the negativity, just like oh. We love you, Bison. We love you, Bison. But oh, <laughs> anyway, who is excited for coats? By the way, so <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. Like that, that's the thing too. Is like I noticed a lot of um, like people who can be pretty angry or critical of, you know what marvel is doing it's like they're there for marvel though you know what i mean like one of the things i i thought about i think i was talking to julian about it mm. was like culturally some of the things that like the obstacles you face as like an independent uh or like um someone who's critical of as a creator you know who's maybe providing an alternative is that like I look at some of the communities, particularly the communities that like, yo, I'm, I'm out there for hmm. and the way they consume, uh, the way they consume product, it's like, or the way they, they, they pick literature or pick like anything, right. It's hmm. based, it's like, it's along brand lines. So it's like, when we talk about hip hop and comics, like when I do this little panel or whatever, it's like what I noticed is that people are talking about Marvel and DC. It's like they're the Nike of comics. You know, like right. people don't, you know, people ain't get, what's the guy who is this, uh, Starberry or whatever, came out with those like $30 shoes or something? Uh, yeah, you know, Marbury, yeah. The Marbury, my bad. Yeah, yeah I'm, you know. But like, so, <laughs> I don't know. Strawberry, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I really didn't At least you didn't say Blackberry, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> people have been like, what the hell is this guy talking about? No, no, it's fine. No, listen, I, I, I stopped following basketball myself like a long time ago, especially, you know, but anyway. I mean, I'm with it. Every, you know, everybody could, uh, you know, everybody's got their thing that they're into. Yeah. But the point being that, like, I need, I want, I want to see work that exists outside of that, like, sort of brand, the brand that people are buying into I want to see it embraced, like, with, um, you know, I was on a panel at SPX, hmm. and um, we were talking about, I forget what the name, I guess it was Black Art Matters, okay. and uh, Spike Trotman was on it, and, like, you know, I was really kind of uplifted by her story of her putting her work out and people coming to her and being into her work, and it's not like a version of... She's completely outside of like the structures that kind of support economically, you know, the superhero stuff. Right. And and I was into that, man. And I want to see more people doing that. I think that's what's got to happen. Like when people complain about uh, Marvel Comics or whatever, they just got to be like, when they hear about coats coming out, it's like, no, nah, my criticism before was valid. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know? I am, and I'm happy for the fans who are going to have coats writing that. I hope they're still just as critical about the content. You know what I mean? Like, I hope they, they demand good work from coats. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, he's going to be going, I mean, he's going to be going up against some pretty, 
you know, severe uh, weather. I mean, he's a fan of that stuff. So, like, it's probably like a big. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like a dream for him or whatever. True. Yeah. He, he said as much. But, Ron, I'm very curious, you know, to get your take on if it's possible for corporations, brands like DC, like Marvel, to kind of feel a moral imperative to have disruptors. Um, come in and do something entirely different. Wait, a large corporation with a moral imperative? What? I I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, is that possible, right? Like, I'm just, I'm thinking about, let's say, the American public education system, right? They're like, you know what? We are failing our kids. Let's do some crazy stuff. Is it possible for that to happen? Do you see that happening for, you know, these brands? I don't know. Like, here, let me be keep 100 with you. Like, I'm a college dropout. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I don't have, like, your sort of, you know, uh, Marxist capital, uh, you know, reading of, like, the economy of what's going on. But, like, that's kind of how, like, I'm thinking, yo, the economic system, like, the basis for uh, what what the org- organization, like, why it exists is an obstacle for moral imperative. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the absolute imperative is, like, you know... Uh, to sell prop like to sell like to Mm -hmm. make money you know what i mean so like if you know and everything else is like um it's secondary to that you know what i mean so like i'm i'm thinking you know can a can a corporation have a moral imperative (sighs) i mean (laughs) at the at the uh detriment of its like of its mission statement really it's mission statement yes so like i think um, you can have individuals, you can have hiring practices that can kind of like um, correct that, you know what I mean? But like ultimately, like a corporation's like prime directive is to stay in business, is to propagate, is to get bigger, you know what I mean? Like at, at the detriment of like people in the world, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, so I don't see that happening. If you're talking about like, you know, uh, public education, like that's a problem. The problem is that it is, um, that it is like, <laughs> it's, it, you can't separate it from capitalism. You know what I mean? You can't separate, like, unless, you know, that's why we need these, like, socialist aspects of our government, because, like, without them, like, it, it's morally bankrupt. Like, the model, mm-hmm. the model is, if the model is capitalism, then the fuel is avarice. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. greed. So, like, you know, it's built to serve, it's built to thrive off of, like, the worst qualities of human, <laughs> human, uh, yeah, nature. nature. Yeah. So, like, uh, if something is built to thrive off of the worst qualities of human nature, then, you know, where's like the moral imperative? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, yeah. Yeah. I think it, at that point it comes, it becomes more of a, you know, it, because it starts with the person or a group of individuals first to say, listen, you know, we have to counterbalance this, uh, you know, this greed with something else, something that's, that's more satisfactory in terms of both, as a individual and as also a as a group of people and a society in general mm. so it really is is what you say that's why the socialist aspects generally tend to become a counterbalance to that because you have us you have a, a a checks and balance saying no we, we can't have completely all this because this is what's going to happen so, yeah i think but i think um i think some like good shit could come out of marvel you know what i mean like I, mm-hmm. it's not that i don't think it you know 
I guess. I mean, I, I just don't know, like, what it, you know. <laughs> That's, like, the best quote of the cast so far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why would you even go to them for something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're, not, you're not going to them for that. Like, they do what they do well. I think it's kind of like, at one point, you feel, uh, at one point, you feel like, oh, man, they should do more. They should do, uh, represent other groups and stuff like that. But at a certain point, I'm kind of like, nah, B, that's not like what they do, though. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's a specific fantasy from yeah. a specific time for a specific generation. Like, right. And, like, you know, they want to act like they are this um they are holding these like sort of cultural like social um artifacts that are important to all people right like they want to act like well yeah you know like well this is important to americans this is important to all children so like we should represent them because spider-man belongs to everybody like spider-man actually doesn't belong to everybody you know what i mean like (laughs) spider-man belongs to disney you know what i mean so like right respect like yo they they're doing what they're doing to make money and like their their connection to like you know culture because like they're not really culture they're commerce you know what I mean like if they were like free culture like I don't know like uh, fucking Mercury or Odin or whatever then you could do what you wanted to do with the characters you could make your own Spider Man comic and you could sell it mm. you know what they're not yo it's yeah. product yeah. you know what I mean it doesn't yeah. belong to everybody True. it is a specific brand and it, and it's owned by someone else you know True. it's not owned by the public. Changing gears to a little bit, you know, you know, happier topic like you want. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot of a lot of things that influence your style. I mean, you know, you know, I I've known you for you know 18 years, you know, ever since college and stuff like that. Uh, which which to your credit makes it which which makes it so unique and fresh. What do you think has had the most influence in your style in your growth as an artist over the years? Probably the thing that has the most influence on me in terms of like my work, like how I look at my work was Pasolacqua, dude. Like, mm. um, at a point he, he basically, he basically taught me to dig, you know what I mean? Like he used to come into class and he would say like, okay, so what books did you bring? Mm. You know? And like, I think at, a, at, at that age, you know, like in my uh, late teens, early twenties, I was learning like, yo, you know, like there's a learning to dig in the same way, like in hip hop culture, like how you look for records and how like the illest guys back in the day, they just had like uh, a great record collection. They would pick up things just because they had a weird cover and then they would find out, oh, well, who who was on this record? Like who was like the technician on this record? Who was like the, the trumpet player on this record? And then they would like go and they would find like more and more what they they liked in particular. Hmm. I think that's been my greatest influence. Like aesthetically, I don't even know, man. Like there's so much stuff that's that I'm like heavily influenced by. And like <laughs> part of it is like, yo, I don't even want to say nothing because people keep guessing the most obvious stuff. Right. And half the time they guess something and like, yo, it's more that we're influenced by the same thing and they haven't just they haven't dug deep enough to see who we're really biting from. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, and I'll let them continue to think that. You know what I mean? Like, because people, you know, it's not it's not my job to kind of like you know, I you know, for people who really want to know, it's like I'm there for them. Like, you really, really, really want to know, like, 
what the source for some of the you know creativity is. I think the source for most artists' creativity is just like an unending hunger to like see and touch and hear different things, you know, taste different things. So, so basically, your standpoint is a magician never readily shows his tricks. You know, shows. Nah, his there's no tricks. That's the yeah, thing. There's yeah. no tricks. Like, um, nah, there's, there's no tricks, man. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I take pictures of my library. You know, I, put, I take pictures of books I have all the time. And, yeah. like, that's all it is. You know, right. I could say, like, a laundry list of names. But that's boring, man. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, you, you know, everyone's read the same things. But someone, you know, everyone takes something differently from them. Yo, but here's the thing. Not everybody's read the same things. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, too. I mean. That's true, man. It's not true. Like, it, it seems like it. Yeah. I think in some circles you're kind of like, yeah, no, nah, all of you guys have read the it's same like, thing. No, no, you didn't. It's like, yeah, you did not read the same thing. Like, have oh. you ever been on? Like, <laughs> it's funny because like, if you're on, I don't know, you're you're married and everything. So yeah. like, you you've been married for a long time. But like, um, when you look at, you know, like if you're on something like OK Cupid or Tinder or something, right? Hmm. Like, you see, there's a certain type of, um, you see, there's tropes. Like, you see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tinder tropes. Can we get that trending? Tinder uh, tropes. Yeah, Tinder tropes. <laughs> oh man, that is, like, is true. Like, that is, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, like, and they come up, they come and they go. Like, you know, sometimes it's somebody posing with a with a sedated tiger. You know, sometimes it's like white girls with African babies. Sometimes it's like it's Murakami. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes <laughs> it's like Oxford comma. You know what I mean? Like. These belong, you know, like people say the same thing, and it's like books are the same way, art is the same way, you know what I mean? Like when we were in school, it was like Klimt and Sheila, you know what I mean? Like everybody was on them, you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? I was as, as like influenced by Klimt and Sheila as anybody else, you know what I mean? But like I kept, I kept digging, yep. you know. I, you know, in that case, I kept digging till I got to like the black your bosses yeah. you know what i mean like going all the way back looking at like sort of like the red figure and the black figure and like sort of the the different symbols and like uh techniques and like forms and shapes that Klimt had taken you mm. know what i mean and trying to understand that trying to understand like how he got from that to where he was and the antiquity and stuff like the different things that those guys were really um influenced by mm. so anyway and you're also a longtime resident of Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. do, do you think uh, living there has also added to that, to to your style and, and influence to what you do? Of course, like I think with almost anybody, I think this could be be true, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, wherever you go, it it influences you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Especially if I mean it influences you regardless, but especially if it's just not like some sort of a deliberate attempt to like go into someone else's space or leave your space just for the hell of it. Like, I think when when life takes you to different places or where you put yourself in a situation where you where you where life does push you to different places, it's going to show you something if you have your eyes open and it's going to change you. Mm. Uh, we mentioned Black uh, Dynamite earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. You were, of course, a character designer for the series. And mm-hmm. how did that come about exactly? Oh, uh, man, that was a great opportunity. Like, um, a buddy of mine, LaShawn, it's funny, I don't even know. I was on, you know, like, I had a DeviantArt uh, setup, right? Mm-hmm. I rarely check it. So then I randomly check it one day, 
and I see something from, I don't know if it was like Carl Jones or what. It may have been Carl Jones, mm. but like who was the um, showrunner. And so, yeah, uh, he asked me, you know, he asked me about the work. And then before I know it, I'm on the job. Like everyone, <laughs> you know, my buddies, the art director on there, like, and he's like, oh, yeah, Ryan, of course, right? <laughs> Sean Thomas. And then like, you know. Chase Conley, who was like the head character designer on that project, like mm. he was already there and he was working. And I just came in and I helped him, man. Like we're from we're from like a similar uh, like family, so it was like it was dope. It's like just went in and did what I do normally. Mm. It's like the style wasn't too far from what I was doing anyways. It was a real easy job. Mm. I mean, it was difficult in some other ways, but you know. and then and then of course they did they started to do the IDW. Uh, Black Dynamite comic, and you, like you mentioned, you did a couple of issues on that as well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I did one. I did a. Oh. I don't even know if I did a cover. Or what it was the only? It's the only job I've ever penciled but didn't ink. How? Why did they list everything? Is listing you as like the episode issue one and then issue three? It's like, oh my goodness. No, seriously, I was looking at Barnes and Noble and, and everything because Shumar. It was like. Oh, ask him about Black Dynamite. Ask him about Black Dynamite. So I was digging, and I'm like, <laughs> I was looking, and I was like, oh, okay, two issues. But it was, like, disjointed. So I'm like, that makes no sense at all. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what have you found more challenging uh, to you, uh, working on television um, productions, comics and graphic novels, or commissioned illustration work? I mean, I don't really... Well, what do you mean by commissioned illustration? Well, like, like for instance, sort of the, editorial, well, no, like the Criterion Collection, oh, okay. the, the editorial different in New Yorker for uh, Katrina, stuff like that. You know, none the, of it's difficult. It's only difficult depending on who I'm working with. Like, it doesn't like the job. No job is more difficult than another. Well, I'm not saying difficult, but it's like in terms of what's what did you feel was like? You know, you felt like it, there was intent. There was like work in there, like. You know, it wasn't. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with difficulty. But like, okay. what did you find like challenging in terms like trying to find the meat in what you were wanting to do, and then like executing it after that? Uh, some jobs are super easy, like Zatoichi, which you know maybe in terms of uh, in terms of like the process mm -hmm. was difficult, like mm -hmm. kind of making that three sixty or like you know that box image was difficult a little bit but like working on it was easy because i've always been a zatoichi fan or mm. i won't say always because like there was a point when i saw zatoichi for the first time <laughs> it was like, I, i'm a big i'm a big zatoichi fan so it's like okay hey do all these images of Z hey watch zatoichi and do images of zatoichi i was like okay i think i got this <laughs> so like so, I was watching it when they asked me, right? It's like, I'm done. I can do this. <laughs> and then it was just like the process. And like Eric Skillman was just like the best art director, like super helpful, like super um, just like really knowing how to work with an artist's ego too. You know what I mean? Like he was just the best. You know, like he was the best. Because, um, because they know how, how egotistical we can be. <laughs> <laughs> He's an artist too, so we know. Yeah. And then, like for instance, like okay, so Nike, you know, when Nike asked me to do the job, it's like I, I had, I don't know, I think I had just finished traveling. I was maybe on a friend's couch, like I didn't even have an apartment at the time, you know. 
So I was like, okay, damn straight, I'm going to do this Nike job. Like, you know, it's anti-corporate, all the bullshit that I say, I'm going to do this Nike job to death, right? Because <laughs> they offer the money. And like, yo, let me tell you, like, the best work situation I've ever had. You know? mm. Everyone was super nice. Everyone is like, man, like, everyone's an individual. Like, say if even if, like, uh, they push me in a direction and, like, say if I were to mention you know just passingly in a conversation my political views like they'd be like word you know like me too like and we're all in here and like we're all trying to like find our way but it's like you really can't live out completely outside of the system but like i was saying before if you have responsible individuals inside a system yeah. you can you know what i mean you can eventually <laughs> push to break the system <laughs> but like also <laughs> live and uh live a fulfilling life while um you know, staying alive mm. by being subject to all these systems. And so, like, that was a really easy job, too. You know, like, I had never, it was completely opposite than Zatsuichi. Like, I didn't really watch football like that. Like, you know, I'm not really, a, uh, I'm not a fan of Puff Daddy. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> who is anymore, really? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was all, yo, know, after fucking the Super Cat video, I was just about done with him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> with him from, like, way back. You know what I mean? Like, the Super Cat Giant was dope. You know, like, Ready to Die was dope. After that, I'm like, yo, I'm done with Puff Daddy. You know? <laughs> you brought <Uh-oh>. Super Cat. <laughs> right? So, but, you know, and I did the job, and it was easy. They made it easy. You know, like, and, um, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a easy job. A difficult job? But, I don't know, man. Sometimes, like, they just don't give you much, and you don't care. Like, yeah. recently, I just don't take those jobs. You know what I mean? Well, no, you shouldn't. I mean, you know, you're, you're getting older. You're getting... You have the more experience. I mean, you know, it, you shouldn't do that to yourself. I mean... And I do it, really, to be honest. I just... It's not even that I'm older and I have more experience so that I'm more financially stable, even. It's just, like, I can't... I can't do it. Yeah. I'd rather just be that much more hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or you, or you get to certain things like me, just go, ah, eh, fuck it. So, you know. <laughs> uh, let's go to your newest projects for Image, of course. You know, we, we mentioned that earlier, Sunset Park and Slave Punk. Uh, you want to give people a quick rundown of, of each project? Uh, well, I'll give one for Sunset Park. Um, <laughs> I mean, Slave Punk, a lot of it is in the name. Like, hmm. uh, I don't want to say much about it now because it's a ways off. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Um, Sunset Park is uh, a ways off too, but like it's the next project I'm working on after I complete what I'm working on right now, which will come out relatively soon. Mm. Um, and Sunset Park is just it's a gothic horror graphic novel, like an epistolary gothic horror graphic novel. Um, except uh, it takes place now and it deals with um, gentrification. Uh, yeah, which, which you, you you are which you are a vocal opponent, <laughs> and you admittedly and rightfully so called me out on it yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, Starbucks. I didn't mean to like cappuccinos. I mean to come at you like that. I, hey, look, John, I'm just as bad, man. Because, like, <laughs> because like no, but see, like one of my favorite little joints is a local joint now, but it's like definitely like a bridge cafe, meaning mm-hmm. like it's not selling dollar coffees. Right. You know what I mean? It's not the around the way coffee spot. 
Like, I don't really drink the around the way coffee spot like that. You know, you know, like I get a bodega coffee or whatever. It's like, it's a last resort. You know what I mean? It's a last resort for me. Like, I like nice coffee, man. Like, I like the espresso. You know? Yeah, I, 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 for me, it's like, I, I can't do coffee. It puts me to sleep rather quickly. So that's why I do tea. And unfortunately, the cafes around here they, that are not the hipster kind uh, don't do tea. So I'm like, well, uh, I'm kind of screwed. And then plus, you know, I have a JLo like ass. So it's like chairs <laughs> are kind of a, an issue for me. So <laughs> Yeah, I never noticed wow. you had JLo's ass. Yeah. I got like, next time <laughs> we got to pay attention. <laughs> You know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, going into Sun- Sunset Park, did that start out as a as a narrative for gentrification, or was that like sort of like a jam session scenario with the editorial staff at Image? Uh, no, that was just my idea. I've been, you know what? Like, I had this idea <laughs> to speak of something newsworthy. Mm. Like, I had this idea since like. Oof, I don't even know. Prince of Cats certainly wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I had started on Prince of Cats yet when I first had this idea. Um, and I actually pitched it to Scott Alley at Dark Horse mm-hmm. um, a long time ago. It, we were on. We were doing something like uh, we were doing a uh, a talk at um, Athens University, whatever in Ohio. Right. And like it was me, Josh Dysart, and Scott. At the time, Josh was working on the um, the BPRD book. And yeah, I pitched it to him. He was like, oh, I'm looking for something like urban, like an urban horror story. And I was like, yo, I pitched them Sunset Park. It wasn't even called Sunset Park yet. Mm-hmm. And like, basically, he was like, nah, uh, I was thinking more along the lines of like, he, he sounded like he basically was talking about like Wu-Tang Clan with werewolves or some, you know, contrived shit. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let wow. me not not say anything i politely said like well you know kind of like this is as much a part of the black experience as like a bunch of dudes hanging out in front of lafayette gardens like throwing chicken wing bones you know what i mean like it's fucking it's all a part of the experience you know what I mean? not even not to belittle that at all like you know like it's all a part of the experience you know what i mean so like you know it, it's almost as if he had said to me that like Basquiat's experience was not part of like the black experience <laughs> you know what I mean it's like how it came off to me I don't think that's how he meant it like I could have done a comic about it it would have been just like lighting up it wouldn't have <laughs> offended anybody but it would have certainly offended a whole yes. bunch of people oh <laughs> man so I, yeah, I, I also I read the interview you did with Pace back in July and, and found the, the interviewer's reaction uh, was the same whenever the topic of gentrification is brought up. It's people are rather naive or dismissive about the cultural, eventual economic issues that stem from it. Mm. So, I mean, one example would be the the New York Daily News article you posted a couple of days ago with the NYC HA plans. Mm. So, you know, you know, basically, it's you know, this is a thing. It's a real thing in 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 that you are going to be telling the story. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I I mean, I don't understand. Like, what's what's the question though? Like, I don't know. No, no, it's not. It's not. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. It's it's just basically you know uh, making a statement that uh, you know I I read this and I'm like, 
this guy really doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because he just fell into that trap. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's so... It's, uh... Yeah. Well, Ron, I do have a question for you in terms of audience feedback for Sunset Park. Um, do you... How are you factoring in the feedback from the Brooklyn community in uh, your work? What do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm like... Once the, it comes it, up, once it comes <laughs> out. I mean, it's like, does it matter? Does their feedback matter more? I'm just curious, more or less than well, just... Are we talking about the hipsters in Brooklyn or the regular people in Brooklyn? Brooklyn communities, plural. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it's my voice. I'm out here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so um, their feedback, they haven't seen the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I, in terms of feedback... Yeah, but so, when it comes out, like, you know... Oh, sure. Like, like, I mean, people... And they knock on your door and go, hey, man... I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's cool. I mean, they could have done it with Prince of Cats, too. You know what I mean? Like, I actually got some feedback from, like, people on Prince of Cats that was, like, you know, valid criticism that went on to, like, affect the way I did my work later on. You know what I mean? So, like, um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. Why not? You know, but once a piece of work is done, it's like it's done. Yeah. You know? It's like, I mean, it, it is a valid, both a valid representation of... Uh, of like it's a it's a piece of work. It's also a valid representation of where a person is, you know. Hmm. At the time, it's done, it's made, you know. So true. Uh, I'm certainly interested in what the feedback will be. Yeah, It'll be a while yet, though. Yeah. Uh, what will the role of the vampire uh, character play? Will it be? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to tell you everything, right. man. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay. Tell me the best way without spoiling anything. Ask me something funny. Let me tell you, it's such, it's like one of those things where it's like, dude, it's not like, I don't know. I think it's, you know, like, it's funny because, like, I think it's a great idea. Mm. And, like, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Hey, that's fine. I mean, it's, listen, like, if you can't, if, if you're not going to, that is all, look, look, that's all you, and I respect it. <laughs> so. Okay, so. Two New Yorkers came out with vampire movies like in the last year, right? Right. Um, or two. It was um, Jim Jarmusch came out with his and Spike Lee came out with his. And I was so worried that both of them were going to do something related to what I've done mm. that like I was just fucking shook. And it was before <laughs> I had made my announcement to Image, right? But it's like, yo, I've had this idea for like going on six years or more, right? So like, of course, someone's going to do this already, right? Mm. Not so like I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited to to share it with you in the pages of the book. Right. No, yeah. listen, listen. I know that I know re that reaction wholeheartedly. I have not watched certain shows because of my the book I'm writing right now. Cuz for that exact reason cuz it's like I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as I see it, it's like oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. We could talk well, about I will that. say this, though. It's like, I don't think anybody's going to think about the Eddie Murphy movie and Ron's work. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Is that, is that safe no. to say? I, I think that's <laughs> safe to say that. Yeah. I, well, I think that's one of Geek Soul Brothers' favorite uh, horror movies, actually. Vampire in Brooklyn? I think so. Word. We're going to talk to Henry about that. <laughs> I'm mad. I, yeah, because like we did a podcast about favorite, you know, we, you know, we do it weekly on Tuesdays, and we we're talking. It's like my horror movie of the month is Vampire in Brooklyn. I think it was me, Toby, and, and, and El Camino. Eric, uh, Eric at the time, we just like 
what? <laughs> like, yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not mad at that, man. You know, um, <laughs> you know, everyone got different tastes. Yeah, I, I'm true. trying to pull from many different, uh, many different backgrounds and sources for this. Yeah. But before that, I have another comic that's coming out. That's like. Also, like all of my work, kind of deals with gentrification in some way. <laughs> and well, you want also... let's talk about that. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know and didn't know about the project myself, so I was just like, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm doing like a, uh, I'm doing a comic book. I don't know if you remember from when we were in uh, Pratt. I did a comic called Gratuitous Ninja. Yes, I, I do remember. Well, I'm working on a new Gratuitous Ninja, like, and I'm, that's what I'm working on like day to day. So, um, and it's about like, it's a reboot of the series. It kind of takes elements of the last couple that I've done. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I did Grattanin, a Grattanin called um, Lone Sharks, which was about uh, the a few of the Grattanin characters, Ninja taking on with school loans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so like they, they, they took on these officers that were charged with, um, recouping the cost recouping the money from them but like at all costs like so they would like you know attack your physical like physical body mm-hmm. you know what I mean? just to get back this money this school loan money so like i took some of that i took the energy of another short i did for msgr like a friend's clothing brand out in um japan and uh yeah this new one is a reboot with new characters or new wish characters and a new storyline and it's mm-hmm. coming out um i was told like it's gonna be a, a surprise how it comes out but i was told that like it should be in first quarter now like cool. i thought it was gonna be fall but i'm told it's supposed to come out in the first quarter cool cool yeah. um of course we're, we're not gonna go through slate punk because you're way far off of that <laughs> we're way far off uh sorry sorry shadow scalp i know you had a great question there oh um, yeah yes We'll have to do it next time. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Well, yeah, next time when it when, when it's out, we'll, when it's actually out, then we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, how important, especially in the current climate of, of race and ethnicity uh, relations, uh, is it to have stories of creative people of color out there now? Stories of or by? By. Um, I think it's as important as it is for like any and all other literature. Hmm. You know, like if you were to say that um, and regardless of the climate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you were to say like, oh, how important is it to have literature out there? Mm-hmm. It would be like, obviously, it's important. <laughs> right? It's the same. My answer is the same. Okay. Like if you were to connect it to like in terms of uh, having people's I mean, the same way it applies to the people in the majority who have their stuff out. It applies to the groups are, who are uh, facing you know, um, oppressive regimes or like, you know, facing all types of, you know, oppression. Like it, it's just as important in the same way, except more. Hmm. If that answers your question. No, no, it does. Cause you know, it, it, it you know, to, to me, I mean, personally, I mean, especially now, you know, it's always important, but now, especially it's like, you know, it, it it's, you know, it's gotta be out there now. <laughs> Otherwise stuff is going to get absolutely worse and people are just going to, uh, you know, we're gonna have these same issues occur every, you know, every cycle and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, culture is a is a part of changing that, but like, um, or culture, art is a part of changing that. But like, um, <clears throat> you know, we need to 
we need to all be moving towards um i guess doing what we do to change it i don't think art is going to save the world Mm. i mean it maybe it will be a part of it but like you know uh, what do you feel? How do you feel about crowdfunding uh, these days? I mean, we had, like I said, we had Eric Dayton seen here a couple months ago. Uh, he's got that. He's got a project that he's doing. It's a graphic novel. He also had the short that he's crowdfunding. Um, mm-hmm. What's your take on it? Uh, I think it's dope. Like I haven't had to do it yet. I think it's a viable option. I thought about setting up a Patreon, but I haven't really, you know, I haven't had the time to really put into it. Um, I think any way you can, uh, make it like, do it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's my, my, you know, I can't speak on something I have. I don't have like a whole lot of experience in, but like, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Like I've crowdfunded a whole bunch of things. Like, I mean, I haven't funded them, but I've participated in the crowdfunding, mm-hmm. uh, campaigns. Like I've definitely put money down for a bunch of stuff, games, like, uh, like little, uh, aquaponic thing like yeah cool uh last question and here we go with the uplifting question here (laughs) (laughs) as a published creative what is your advice to other uh people of color or people in general trying to make their stories heard at this point yeah just don't give up man like i mean you know nobody nobody owes you a career making money telling your stories you know what i mean like um you could succeed and you could fail. You know what I mean? Like if you really want to do it, you're going to push through and do it. You know, like the pathway may be very difficult. So, I mean, that would be my advice is just like to stick with it, continue to complete things. Hmm. You know, like it's very important to complete things. Like uh, don't do a thousand sketches. You know what I mean? Just like rough something out, do a short story, Mm. you know, like, even if it's like, if you can't draw, write it, you know Mm. what I mean? Think about if you're a storyteller, like, which is what it sounds like you were saying, Mm. um, it doesn't really matter the medium, like pick the medium that's most readily available to you. Maybe you could tell it with a cell phone movie. Maybe you could tell it with writing. Maybe you could tell it on Twitter. Maybe you could tell it with Instagram, uh, posts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? WordPress um, blog stuff like that. Yeah, uh-huh. whatever you know, like and know that its validity isn't based in its uh, ability to make money for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I know that's what that's what the culture is telling you. You know what I mean? But like it's not the truth. Mm. Uh, it could be valid and fulfilling and not necessarily put bread on your table. Mm. You know, a lot of things are. Um. But yeah, that's all I would say. Be be brave, man. Be bold. Hmm. You know? Be brave. Be bold. Cool. Uh, unless uh, Shadow Scout has any other questions, uh, I think we're done. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's like you're a busy man. You have to go places. I understand completely. Uh, so you know, check out Prince of Cats, which is out now. You know, it's been out a few years. Uh, yeah. You may have trouble finding a copy, but that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's not my fault. <laughs> uh, of course, lighten up uh, comic on, on the nib, of course. Uh, you have also, the new... um, lighten up is in, in print now. Oh, and, yeah, and hold up, eat more comics, the oh. best of the nib. Oh. Which was which was uh, crowdfunded. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so that also, like, you know, I got a couple of things coming up. Uh, keep an eye out. I think early next year I got um, Attack on Titan, like the anthology I'll be in. Mm. And, uh, you know, Gratton In is coming out soon. Like, you know, check the Tumblr, stay on my Tumblr, like Instagram, you know, what have you. I'm, you know, I'm always giving the information. So, like, as soon as it's, it's there, it'll be out. You'll know from Right. And of course, you have, you know, and of course, both Sunset Park and Slave Funk, which come out next year. Yes, yes. Keep an eye out for the image books. Like, you know, I'm putting a lot of work into these. So, like, yeah. be patient. For anybody who's waiting, just be patient. Like, I'm, I'm putting in the labor. And, and I'm well waiting. Worth, yeah, I'm it's waiting. Well, it is well <laughs> worth the wait. And it's well worth the wait. Uh, Thank you very much, Ron, for being with hanging with us. Uh, you are more you, not a problem, man. You, know, you are more than welcome to drop by the show, the, the regular Tuesday night show, anytime you want to chill and you know join the usual madhouse that we have, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, man. Cool. That's it. Uh, that's it, people. Uh, you know, now we'll return you to your regularly scheduled broadcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 